Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and I'll be your host on this journey through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond. Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is episode number 39, and I'm uh, glad you're joining me here. This show is brought to you by Gateway Drum Smokers. Uh, These smokers are tearing up the competition circuit across Canada and the United States, and for very good reason. The natural convection airflow means that your meat cooks in a fraction of the time, briskets in four hours, ribs in two hours, and cooking hot and fast means that your meat retains an exceptional amount of moisture. The flavor from cooking on these cans is unparalleled. Find yours at Home Hardware in Red Deer and Wickerland in Calgary or check out www.prairiebbq.com for all the details. And I just saw on their Instagram this week that they just took delivery of a new shipment of Gateway Drums. Check them out, folks. Now it's time for your Canadian Barbecue Competition Update. Next up on the barbecue calendar is a pro event in Langley, British Columbia on May the 4th. This is the Canadian Festival of Chili and Barbecue. Uh, that event also will uh, contain a Canadian Steak Cookoff Association Championships, with the winner gaining a spot in the SCA World Steak Cookoff Championships in Fort Worth, Texas. There are two pro events on May the 26th with the Capital Barbecue Festival in Ottawa and the brand new Heritage Heat Western Smokin' Barbecue Competition here in Cremona, Alberta. Both of these events have a full slate of competitions, different levels, and uh, skill categories. Lots happening on the amateur backyard event side of the calendar as well with the Barbecue de Terroir in Sherbrooke, Quebec on May 18th and the Red River Rumble Barbecue and Grill Contest in Morris, Manitoba on May the 31st. If you're interested in taking a barbecue judge class, there are a few of those upcoming as well. May the 11th in Edmonton, Alberta. May 24th and the 25th in Carp, Ontario. And July 25th in Morris, Manitoba. For more details and a full calendar of events, check out the Canadian Barbecue Society website at www.cbbqs.ca. Well, I had a birthday last week, everybody, and uh, this past Saturday night we headed down to Booker's Barbecue and Crab Shack here in Calgary to celebrate. It had really been quite a number of years since I'd been to Booker's, but I can absolutely say it won't be years again before my next visit. We uh, enjoyed a great barbecue platter with some cornbread and deep-fried pickles added on for good measure, and also had a quick chat with uh, General Manager Fallon, and I'm looking forward to sitting down with her soon to record an episode of this here podcast for y'all. You might remember I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I had taken part in the Canada's Barbecue School Pitmaster class here in Calgary, taught by Rob Reinhardt of Prairie Smoke and Spice Barbecue Rubs and Sauce. It was a great class, and afterwards I met up with Rob and his daughter for a bite to eat at Patty's Barbecue and Brewery, one of my favorite spots. The food and hospitality always great at Patty's, and I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Rob. Welcome back to another episode of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. We're here uh, at a regular haunt of mine, Patty's Barbecue and Brewery here in Calgary, and really pleased to be joined by Rob Reinhardt from Prairie Smoke and Spice Barbecue. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate the invitation. I, my, my pleasure, man. Uh, I, I'm sure everybody is, uh, that listens has heard over the last while, Rob and uh, Prairie Smoke have been uh, sponsoring the podcast for the last five or six months, and uh, I truly appreciate that. So thank you for good your support. Good to hear. You're doing a good uh, thing here, yeah. Uh, this and what we're doing here with Alberta Barbecue, and Rob's uh, in town this weekend for some barbecue classes, so we'll We'll touch on that a little bit, uh, but before we start, uh, 
I'd like to ask everybody your, their barbecue origin story, Rob. So how did uh, uh, my how did origin story? Um, I've always been a fairly avid home cook, and when I was you know 17, 18 years old and trying to pick a career, I think my mom kind of talked me out of the chef world. Yep. She said two things: they don't get paid very much and they work extremely long hours. So okay, I'm out. Yep. Let's go to university and figure out what I want to do as a career later. So um, I did that and uh, ended up working for a steel company in Regina. And then my first month of employment, I ended up on a week-long business trip and I came across Real Barbecue. Same thing I'd seen on TV. It was a famous Dave's restaurant in, in uh, suburban Minneapolis. Followed up a couple days later by a, an old barbecue shack on the east side of industrial Houston. All right. So two meals in the course of a week, kind of, as it turns out, it reset the direction of my life. So I uh, got back home and just kept thinking about those meals and started shopping for smokers and yep. it took off from there. Yep. And how did that uh, kind of transition for you into barbecue being a full-time gig It was just, uh, it was a hobby. I just yep. loved cooking, right? And every opportunity to fire up a smoker, I was on it. And uh, kids were, we had one baby at home, it was, it was uh, probably even before we had kids, I guess, but yeah. cooking at every opportunity and taking up a fair amount of time and, yep. you know, before too long, people would ask us to cook for their kid's birthday party or, you know, I'm, but having 75 people for my wedding, would you cater for us? And, it, you know, it didn't take us long to realize if we were going to be cooking on the weekends, we may as well start earning some money at it. So my awesome. wife and I kind of put the plans in to have a part-time catering business. Yeah. So that was around 2008. We fired that up and started doing barbecue competitions around the same time. And it just snowballed, yeah. you know, and I enjoyed doing it. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't ready to quit my job just yet, but yeah. after a few more years, it built up enough momentum and kind of took a leap of faith and I haven't yeah. looked back. So when did you finally kind of make that leap? Uh, uh, spring of 2012. Okay, so you've been at uh, seven years now. It's been yeah. full, uh, yeah. full time That's for you. Pretty remarkable, yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. That's great. Love to hear the stories like that where you just kind of start yeah. off as a, a hobby. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it was kind of a long-term goal and I talked to yeah. my wife about it and, you know, the conversation usually ended with... Um, yeah, that sounds great. I think we're going to be able to get there one day. Yeah. One day, one day. And finally, it was like, yeah. I know this is a risk, and I believe, thank you for believing with me. And yep. she was, you know, it was a 20 minute conversation, and she was on board. Yeah, awesome. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, Absolutely. very supportive. You have the family involved in it as well? Yeah, my kids are old enough now, they, yep. they get involved. Uh, Delaney came out to Calgary with me to teach the barbecue classes. Yep. And at, we're at home, Emmett gets his, his hands on the tongs every opportunity he gets too, so awesome. that's pretty cool. So talk a little bit about the different things you got going on with the company, the catering side, and what else you got? Uh, well, that's kind of the funny thing, you know, quitting my secure salary benefit job, yeah. um, barbecue is obviously a seasonal business, and you know, we, I left my job in the spring of 2012, said if we're going to make a go at this, we need to make sure we have revenue coming in from a number of different directions, right? So started pushing our barbecue, you know, our rub and sauce business, started doing more barbecue classes, catering, we launched a food truck in Regina that summer, and we, we started getting our toes wet in the world of large festivals, so right. rib fests, uh, big events like Calgary Stampede, and, you know, that was just kind of our way of making sure we had enough saved up by the end of September to make it through the winter. All right, yep. Awesome. Uh, you've been fairly successful on the competition side. Uh, 
talk a little bit about some of your, your yeah, travel? Yeah, competitions have been have been uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah, and uh, we got our first we had our first competition. Finally, an opportunity in 2008 in Regina. There was a, a relatively smaller competition held at okay. right at Taylor Field. Yep. And we picked up two or three ribbons that weekend. It was, it was enough to get me absolutely hooked. Um, to tell people, despite my natural athletic physique, sports was not always, <laughs> other than, you know, skateboarding and stuff like that yeah. as a kid, I was never really into sports. Yeah, that's how you got on Taylor um, Field. So. But that competitive edge came yeah. through cooking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, early on, those first couple of ribbons, it got me hooked. Yeah. Hooked to the point where I spent an entire winter practicing and running trials on different flavors and injections and rubs, and cooking techniques and taking meticulous notes. And you know it worked out for us. You know we we really took a serious analytical approach to cooking, um, serving food to tons and tons of people, just trying to figure out what worked and what didn't. And, and 2009, we started winning these events. Right. And, awesome. Uh, not necessarily because I was the best cook out there, but I really was taking it seriously. Yeah. You know, once I once I had an opportunity to shine, yeah. uh, I jumped on it. Yeah, the little bit I've uh, experienced on the competition side of things, it seems to kind of be the two separate ends of the spectrum there. you got the guys that are just there for the, the party and the good time. Yeah. And then, uh, Absolutely, and I, I fully support people that are out there for sure. a good time. Yep. They're doing it for the same reason I am. Yeah. Right. We love to cook this food. We love to share it with our friends and family. Yeah. Um, I just happen to really like those trophies. <laughs> so yeah. it is what it is, and uh, um, it, it's just been awesome. The competition world, you know, we could we could look back ten years now. If I'd never won a competition, we'd still be hardcore in there. Yeah. It's our extended family, right? Yeah. Some of our best friends that we see once or twice a year. Yep. That's what. That's why we do it. Awesome. I, I have a theory on competitions that somehow, through the judging process, they have a way of knowing who the first timers are. Yeah. And, and giving them a little taste of success to maybe so to, to get, give them that. <laughs> yeah. I know that's not true, but uh, well, <laughs> first timers, first timers that care about what they're doing yeah. and put a lot of effort into it, yeah. they can do very well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ribfest, talk about Ribfest a little bit. So, yeah, it was um, summer of 2011. Uh, a good friend of mine out in Vancouver, BC, Justin Kylo with Smoke and Bones Barbecue. Um, he spent about three or four months trying to talk me into joining him for the Pacific National Exhibition. Three-week PNE fair in Vancouver. First, yep. first ever Rip Fest in Western Canada, okay. and I wasn't too excited about it. Yep. But he managed to twist my arm. So again, uh, very supportive wife agreed that we should spend a whole pile of money on some used equipment. Yep. We found a 1,400-pound capacity Southern Pride smoker okay. right here in Calgary. Okay. Uh, used, of course. So that kind of gave us the cooking power we need to pull this event off. Right. And, and we just went for it. Took three weeks off my. My remaining three weeks of vacation, we came out to Vancouver, we cooked a pile of meat, we worked our butts off, we experienced a couple of big fights and very stressful times, and I got back to Regina and back to my desk job, and three or four days after that, I, I, 
kind of knew in my head what I wanted to do. In Made the decision. So yeah. the wheels started turning, and we yeah. kind of put our plans in place. Six months later, I quit my job. So awesome. Well, that's, uh, that's, it's taken off. Yeah. Uh, we do uh, we do these rib fests all over Western Canada now. Yeah. We have a couple of rigs on the road. Yeah. We have an amazing crew that comes back. And yeah, you've got a few different folks around. We couldn't do it without, that, our, uh, without our key staff, and we yeah. brought some of them on to the ownership team as well. So. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's been it's been great. Yeah. Number one, I mean, it's nice that it, I can support my family with this business. Yeah, but it's really awesome to be able to serve this quality of food yeah. on a large scale basis. Yeah, and see people's excitement when they taste it. So, and you're also doing uh, some of the uh, the bigger fairs and uh, Calgary Stampede for say, yeah, uh, for instance, Calgary right? Stampede, for example. This will be our fourth or fifth year at the Stampede. Yeah. And, Man, talk about the perfect market for our food, right? Yeah. Brisket alone has, has gotten to be so popular, and not just in people that know barbecue, but society as a whole. Yeah. And uh, five, six years ago, our pulled pork sandwiches would, would outsell brisket two to one. Right. And it's completely the reverse now. Brisket, now. brisket is king. Yeah, it's oh, pretty awesome. cool. Obviously, yeah. we're in we're in beef country, so yeah. that's a part of it. But yeah, yeah it's, it's been amazing. Yeah. We're other, just happy uh, not to. Not to have to answer everybody's question that walks up to the counter and says, what is, what is brisket? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they don't know, they, they do know they want to try it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What other, other than the Stampede here in Calgary, what other big... Uh, we do um, the big fairs. We do K-Days in Edmonton. K-Day, yeah. Uh, we, do, we still do the p &E in Vancouver. Okay. And the rest are standalone three-day rip fests. Okay. Um, there is one here in Calgary. We yeah. don't participate in that one. Right. Um, but we're in another 12 or 15 events between Saskatchewan and Vancouver Island. So keeps you keeps we're, you busy. We're fully booked for the summer. Yeah. Awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. So you don't. Uh, how much competition time do you get then uh, these days? Not as much. Yeah. Yeah. I had a record year last year. I managed to fit in three or four in the spring and another couple in the fall. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I won a couple here in Alberta last year. Right. So that got me invited to the American Royal in Kansas City and the nice. Jack Daniels in Tennessee. Yeah. This year, who knows? I'm only going to be able to do two contests between January and July this year, and that'll be my competition season. That'll so. do it, yeah. But it is what it is. I love that world, but cost of uh, yeah, cost sure we pay the bills first. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talk about the Jack. Jack. Um, you know, there's a number of contests in the barbecue world which are considered the elite contests, the majors, the invitationals. Yep. Uh, Jack Daniels is probably the most special one because the the team count isn't very high. Right. Uh, you know, the American Royal Invitational will have yeah. 180 teams, and they're yeah. all grand champions, but it's a big crowd. Yeah. The Jack Daniels doesn't have room for that many teams, so in order to go to the Jack, you have to be, you have to win a contest, and you have to go through a draw process, right. so the teams that make it to the Jack, already the level of camaraderie is very high. Sure. Everybody knows they're lucky to be there, yeah. and um, the folks at Brown Foreman that, that own and run Jack Daniels, yeah. They treat everybody like gold. Right. Yeah, I've heard it's a, the hospitality is second to none, yeah. and uh, it's just a special event. It's, it's it's relatively intimate as far as world championships go. Mm -hmm. you come by on a Thursday night or Friday night. There's no parties. No. You know, there's no drinking. Every, everything's dry, relatively dry quiet. <laughs> and kind uh, of it's kind of funny observation, but. There's been years where the Canadians have really set the bar for the party atmosphere down there, especially after the award ceremonies, right? Okay. This is an event. Hundred teams from all over the world, something like 19 countries represented, yeah. Yeah. and within an hour of the 
award ceremony is being over, yeah. 75% of the park is cleared, cleared out. Right out. I don't get it. Yeah. We're happy to stick around and sure. you know soak in the atmosphere as long as we can, and we have a good time that yeah, night, that's awesome. regardless of how the results come out yeah. on the score sheets. I guess a lot of the teams are probably... You know, from closer to there. So yeah, uh, I mean, still only a handful of teams within kind of one day drive. Yeah. You know, there's still a lot of teams from the northeast. And, yeah. Uh, you know, anywhere west of the Mississippi is yeah. a good full day drive away. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a very cool event. Yeah. And the American Royal, you've been? Yeah, we've done the Royal four or five times. Okay. Um, completely different animal. Yeah. Tons of big parties. Yeah. Team count is huge. Uh, they've yep. settled into a permanent location, I think, now at the Kansas Speedway. Yep. So just being at the infield in such a cool venue is pretty neat. Yeah, I've heard some, uh, yeah. heard some stories of the parties. And, uh, yeah, the, I think most of the parties are in years gone by when it was at its former location. Yep. Um, two-thirds of the ground was an area known as the dark side. So <laughs> yep. It's called that for a reason. A lot of corporate parties, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of big parties, and live entertainment and stuff. And that's all kind of spread out now. Yeah, okay. It's still a big event. Yeah, absolutely. What about uh, Houston? Have you done uh, uh, Houston Livestock and Rodeo yeah. I've not cooked in. Okay. Uh, actually, 2019 was the first year they've even had a Canadian team right. represented there. So and, uh, Smell-A-Cue was down there. Smell-A-Cue from Calgary got the, yep. the sole Canadian team with the honor of representing Canada down there, and they did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, Smell-A-Cue, of course, is the 2018 Canadian Barbecue Society Team of the Year. So right. they're killing it. They're yep. great people. They're amazing cooks. Yeah. So we couldn't have asked for a better team to represent Canada down there. And um, I was fortunate enough to be invited to come down and help them. Uh, I spent part of the weekend at my son's football tournament in San Antonio, so I couldn't be there for the whole time. And I missed the big parties. (laughs) But uh, legend has it that the parties down there will put the American Royal to shame. Yeah, pretty massive event. Cool event. Check out the Alberta Barbecue Trail page at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca for a listing of all the barbecue joints in Alberta. If you're listening in and you see that there's someone I've missed, please let me know and get out to support your local barbecue restaurant. If you're enjoying the show, please pause your podcast app now and take a screenshot to share on social media. Let your friends and followers that you know that you're listening to the show. Back to your business side of things. Uh, you got the classes, the uh, catering, the rib fests, yeah. rub sauces. You got some stuff going on there. Talk about that a little. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit. Um, back in 2011, when I was at the uh, the PE in Vancouver for the first time, yeah. there was one of the one of the guys I looked up to in the world of barbecue was was there. Yeah. Uh, Brent Walton from uh, Oh Man, you in for you barbecue house? Okay. Uh, don't quote me on that name. I've got to remember what it is. Um, but I met him in Whistler the summer before, and um, he came up to the PE and uh, got to know him a bit. He'd been in the business of barbecue for a long time, and uh, became a great resource for asking questions and opinions on things. And I asked him about his barbecue sauce. Right? Wow, you've got a barbecue sauce on the market. That's pretty amazing. You know, his, his comment to me back was, honestly, it's more of a vanity thing, right? I can't call myself a legitimate career barbecue man without a signature barbecue sauce. Right? Yeah. Probably over the course of the year, maybe we make enough to take the kids on a little holiday for four days, right? So, okay, I kind of made a mental note of that. Um, but he was right. And to call yourself a you know, hardcore barbecue person and try to build up a resume, yeah. spice rub and barbecue sauce are part of that resume. So um, the rubs are easy. We did that a little earlier. Yep. 
problem with the commercial barbecue sauce is if you want to get it in the commercial production, you have to be willing to commit to a pretty significant volume. Um, I heard a good phrase within the last week. It's uh, wet production versus dry production. Dry rubs are easy, but once you have to cook a sauce, the companies that do it for you require a pretty substantial investment of okay. you know, volume and money yeah. and so on. So uh, it wasn't really until we started consuming a great deal of barbecue sauce through the Rip Fest circuit. And uh, so we got serious about developing a barbecue sauce and uh, pretty happy with the one we came out with. Yeah, and it's only it. one sauce. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And uh, you do, you've got some smokers that you kind of represent. Yeah. We, um, the interesting thing about the barbecue sauces is that yeah. I consider it an asset that we present kind of an objective opinion. We bring out five or six types of grills and smokers to these classes, and we talk about the pros and cons of every category, right? Somebody that wants to cook on a pellet grill has reasons for doing so. It might not be the same person that buys a charcoal grill, okay? Um, I've been cooking on pellet grills pretty extensively the last five years, especially in competition, and I've been watching the phenomenon of these drum smokers, right? Really kind of taken over, not just drum smokers, but hot and fast cooking in general. Um, Gateway Drum Smoker represents sort of like the Cadillac brand of drum smokers out there. So, so I, you know, curiosity got the best of me. I bought one last January. Started cooking on it. Completely decided to abandon the pellet cookers for competition because I was just having a blast cooking on these drums. Right? There's something about that hot and fast cooking method. Briskets in four hours. Count me in. You know, you get more flavor. A little more moisture in the end result. And I just love cooking on them. So I uh, started competing with them in 2018 and haven't looked back. So, awesome. you know, we had a dialogue going with the owners of the company and, and uh, kind of realized there was long-term potential for, for the market up here in Canada. And we, uh, we worked with a distributor in Canada that was already bringing in smokers and we decided, you know, we may as well start marketing them. So, awesome. Yeah, we're, uh, we're stand by the gateways. It's, you've been my favorite cooker for a long time I think excellent right on and you are uh, involved with the Canadian Barbecue Society yeah thank or, you for asking about yeah, that no, so I'd this is to. Canadian Barbecue Society is, is Canada's first truly coast to coast organization to promote celebrate southern style barbecue right um it does have a certain competitive slant to it right now because mm-hmm. most of the hardcore barbecuers who are involved yeah. also do competition. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, our, our long-term goal is to get everybody excited about barbecue, regardless of whether they have any intention of competing or not. So, yeah. um, I'm happy to be one of the most co-founders of the organization, okay. along, along with John Thompson and out in Ottawa. Yeah. John was really the, the catalyst for the whole organization, and uh, happy to get involved early on. And, and uh, it's been great, kind of watching this society grow and flourish. Yeah. Um, it's been a number of years now. Uh, I don't plan on being as involved with it as I am long term. Our goal is to get some you know, a stable organization in place so we can kind of move on and yeah. let some younger folks come in with sure. better ideas and a little more energy. And yeah. That's sort of the long term plan. But yeah. um, We're introducing a new uh, backyard program this year. Okay. Um, obviously we have a competitive slant but yep. you know the number of people who are willing to drop six or eight hundred dollars to compete professionally in a given weekend it's not honestly it's not a large number of people no. but backyard style events are growing with a pretty rapid pace so we're doing everything we can to support those yeah so there's a number of initiatives in place um, 
We do love everybody to check out the Canadian Barbecue Society. We have a pretty active presence on Facebook. Um, just not just the main group page, but the chat group as well. So it's a good resource if you have questions, anything from you know shopping for a smoker to cooking a brisket. Awesome. There's a lot of good folks on there with some good advice. We encourage everybody to check it out. Yeah, I've uh, been on the, uh, the chat page and you know, folks throw questions out. And, uh, it's great to uh, right. say a good resource, right? For sure. Awesome. Um, obviously, you, you've mentioned kind of your wife and uh, your kids uh, kind of getting to where you are in the... You know, in anything, but in this case, the barbecue, uh, obviously some help along the way. Yeah. Uh, anyone in particular kind of... Uh, no question about it. Um, no question about it. We couldn't do it without our, our close family. Yeah. Um, my wife's brother and mother in particular have been there for us to make sure our kids are happy and healthy when we're out of town. Yeah. Uh, my mom and dad have been very, very supportive. And even some of our extended family. You know, I've got, I've got uncles and cousins and relatives that... I've just been kind of drawn into this, and it's, it's, it's enhanced our relationships with family far more than I ever exceeded. It's awesome. been very rewarding to see yeah. that, and honestly, without the support of our close family, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do any of this. So. Yeah. Yeah. so the uh, where can folks find you, Rob, online, social media? Yeah, we're, I mean, if you come up, up, up with Prairie Barbecue, Prairie BBQ, yeah. Uh, Prairie Smoke and Spice, we're pretty easy to find online. Uh, right. We try to be pretty active on Instagram and Facebook and so on. Um, and we're, I mean, we're wide open. My number one goal is to get people cooking, get them excited, move beyond the gas grill. And uh, any opportunity we have to do that, I'm all over it. Awesome. So my last question that I ask everybody, um, it's, you're getting ready for dinner. What's, uh, what's your go-to? When I'm at home? Wherever. Uh, yeah, my daughter's nodding her head here, too. <laughs> Depends on what time of year it is. Um, between September and January, I don't want to eat barbecue at home. Yeah. Um, I'll eat other people's barbecue. I mean, say patties, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I hovered over a smoker all day today. But the idea of eating somebody else's barbecue at the end of the day, it's all right. yeah. still kind of excites me. Yeah. Um, but at home... Um, I don't know. My family's sick of barbecue too, and and I usually am too. So I do a lot of uh, regular hot and fast grilling. Um, I do a lot of Asian cuisine, stir fries. I've gotten into Thai cooking a little bit. I'm a huge fan of sushi, but none of my family's on board, so I kind of indulge as much as I can when I'm out in BC. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Rob, thank you so much. Uh, Really enjoyed the class today. Oh, thanks, Brian. I learned a lot and. Appreciate everything you're doing for barbecue here in Absolutely. Canada and Alberta. Keep up with the podcast, man. You're yeah. doing a great thing. And awesome. more and more people are talking about it. And yeah. It's pretty cool to Keep see. Keep spreading the word, right? You bet. Awesome. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Well, everybody, that's a wrap. Thank you for your time and thank you for listening. And uh, please take a minute to check out our show sponsor, Gateway Drum Smokers, and see for yourself why so many competition and backyard cooks are making the switch to these outstanding smokers. You can get yours at Home Hardware in Red Deer, Wickerland in Calgary, and check out prairiebbq.com for all the details. Again, a huge thank you to Rob and the Prairie Smoke and Spice team for their support of this podcast over the past number of months and for joining me on this episode of the show. It was great to finally meet Rob face-to-face. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review, share the show with your friends, let me know what you think. Would love to hear your comments on Twitter at EatMoreBarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at eat underscore more underscore barbecue. And please email me if you have any questions 
at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Once again, and as always, thank you to Alan Horbin for providing the music for the show. And until next time, folks, keep on smoking. This has been a production of www.eatmorebarbecue.ca.